Have you ever done or thought something and never actually understood why you think that way or why you took those actions? Have you ever stopped to wonder where these aspects originate? Why do we hold certain opinions and how they influence our lives? Welcome to Life-Changing Evolution, the podcast where we explore mindset, nutrition, fitness, personal growth, and building a fulfilling lifestyle. I'm Monique Howe, your host, a successful coach who has transformed the lives of hundreds of everyday people just like you, empowering them to reach their full potential by evolving mentally, physically, and emotionally. I'm passionate about helping people succeed and want to empower others to transform their mindset, perspectives, and achieve balance in their life. If you're ready to elevate your mindset and health, you're in the right place. Consider this podcast your go-to resource for navigating life's ups and downs. Every episode will provide you with valuable education, resources, and actionable steps to unlock your full potential. Because when our cup is full, we live, do, and give better. And ultimately, we live a more fulfilling life. And that's what this life is for. I invite you to be a part of the life-changing evolution by subscribing to this podcast, ensuring you never miss an episode. Let's dive in. Oh my goodness. Welcome back everybody to episode three. Now, before I get started in today's episode, I want to take a moment to have a special thank you to everybody who has provided reviews and followed my podcast. I truly value every single one of you who are tuning in. I am recording this episode a few days post the release. And can I just say, Boy, has it been scary opening up and being so vulnerable, sharing my thoughts, story, and my life journey. Those who know me know I keep things very close to my heart, so it's been a big thing for me to share, and I realize now why I was so scared. Now, I want to share this with you because I want you to know that you're not alone. I too still get scared, and I still do have those limiting thoughts and beliefs. It is a part of our human nature. So I just wanted to let you know that whether it was a new fitness journey, a new job, moving house, or starting a new venture, I promise you, you are capable no matter what it is. It will work out whether it's for what you intended to achieve or if it is for a new lesson, growth, experience, or maybe even another opportunity. I promise you will gain something valuable to who you are or who you are becoming. And that's what takes me to today's episode, our official first deep dive episode where we now have the foundations so we can start from the bottom with exploring the core concepts of who we are, our roots. Our beliefs, thoughts, opinions, values, and morals form the foundation of our identity. Have you ever done or thought something and never actually understood why you think that way or why you took those actions? Have you ever stopped to wonder where these aspects originate? Why do we hold certain opinions and how they influence our lives? The truth is, much of who we are is shaped by the world around us. The people we interact with, the experiences we have, and the environments we grow up in. So of course, it would only make sense to start at the very beginning from when we are younger and look at where we get our opinions and thoughts from. 
I want to start with some facts and science because we all know I love the data. Did you know that the experiences we have from birth until age five lay the foundation for our emotional and social development? The values that we develop during this stage often evolve around basic concepts like love, trust, security, and attachment. The quality of care and nurturing that we receive during this period can have a lasting impact on the sense of our self-worth, empathy, and interpersonal relationships. Now, as we move into middle childhood, age 6 to 12, we start to build our basic core values. This is where we start to understand societal rules and norms, and our values become influenced only our family, but our teachers, friends, and the media. This stage is crucial for the development of values like honesty, responsibility, fairness, and respect for others. Ages 13 to 18 is a period of rapid physical, emotional, and cognitive change. During this time, young people seek to establish their identities and many question the values and beliefs that they have grown up with. Peer influence becomes more pronounced and adolescents may be exposed to various cultural and social influences which can either reinforce or challenge their existing values. The values formed during adolescence often revolve around concepts of identity, independence, justice and moral reasoning. Now all of these experiences and developments then become locked in at around age 21, which is why these younger years and what is happening during these times is so fundamental to understand as these are the years that form the roots of who you are. So let's dive in. From an early age, we are exposed to various sources of information, the media, our education system, social interactions, our parents, of course, and our personal experiences. These sources contribute to the formation of our thoughts and opinions on a wide range of topics. The impact of our family on our beliefs, thoughts, opinions, values, and morals is immense. Our family serves as our primary socializing agent during key years of development, shaping our worldview and influencing how we perceive ourselves and the world around us. The values and beliefs passed down through generations become deeply ingrained in our minds and guide our directions and behaviors. Keeping it really simple, as of course this topic is like a massive spider web and can be never ending. But we will start with a focus on the very beginning of who our parents are by looking at the surface facts of what shapes them as individuals. Now, when looking at your parents, for example, we need to look at their upbringing, culture, heritage and age in which they became parents. For example, my mum is European, French, was an older mum. She was born in 1962. Therefore, the generation in which she grew up in was very different to the generation we have, say, 10 or 20 years ago. She grew up in Europe, a country where old beliefs still to this day stick around like the values of family, the household, the female being the carer, nurturer, home creator, and the male being the provider and the bread and butter. Now, when looking at my dad, he is a younger but was born in a small, at the time, country town on a dairy farm. My nana was a very big churchy and had a very big heart. I didn't really know my pop, but he was a farmer, hardworking, strong values. And my dad had a lot of siblings, including foster siblings. So the household had to be run in a way that allowed nan and pop to have control, right? 
So very different to a smaller family or an only child upbringing. Now, when reflecting on both of these parental factors, you can start to see how my upbringing would have been shaped. However, side note, my parents split when I was two. So again, a turning point for my upbringing because it would have been very different with both sides together. But as separate parents, my mum raised me with the beliefs of her European background. So was always demonstrating and providing evidence of the female roles, which meant that we spent a lot of time when I was younger cooking, cleaning and doing these chores together. Now, obviously, because my mum was a single mum, the rules of the household were a lot more flexible because, of course, my mum did not have so many focuses and essentially her and I were best friends. So it was a little bit more chill and laid back, if you were to say. However, it also meant I grew up a lot faster and I'd done things and spoke with my mum about life in ways many parents wouldn't talk to their children like. Now, when looking at the circumstances of my dad, where he had remarried and there were other children in the picture, in addition to my dad coming from a background of being quite strict and being quite disciplined in life, the environment at my dad's was very much so child-adult circumstances. It was very much so you do as you're told and there are a lot more rules and regulations, things like you don't put your feet up on the lounge, you don't put your elbows on the table, you ask when you want something, kids play outside and there were lots of specifics. So you can see here how the different backgrounds from my parents played a significant role in my beliefs and values and the actions in which I take in my day-to-day life, just from my parents alone. And this became very evident when I had to play the role of a step-parent. So here is me in a parenting situation and my stepdaughter pipes up and says to her dad, but I want to, so I will. And he spends time then debating with her and negotiating. In my shock and disbelief, I am blown away that this has happened. But why? Well, firstly, because I would never in a million years have accepted to do this and it would have been an instant no, get to your room for speaking to an adult in this manner. But isn't she just a child trying to express herself, her wants, her interests and her point that it's something she wants to do and doesn't understand why it's not possible? Can you see both sides of the coin here? I have a belief of how you speak to your parents and adults due to my experience as a child. However, with a different approach to parenting, aka being more communicative, patient and flexible, you can see how this situation can be very conflicting set on beliefs and different opinions. Now, for some of you, you would agree with me and for others, you would also understand the value in providing conversation around this. So to set the scene for today's episode, you can now see how such small factors like your parents can influence something even 20 plus years later. Now, I want to clarify, I am so, so grateful for the way my parents have raised me. I honestly had a chance at the best of both worlds in terms of their qualities and values because this happened to help me in becoming who I am today. And by bringing awareness to the different strengths and weaknesses of their qualities and who they are, I've been able to leverage what I want to use and keep versus what I want to reshape. And that's what this journey is about leveraging your self-awareness so that you can reach your full potential. Now, your first exercise of this episode is to understand your roots. 
This comment will make more sense soon, but I want you to ask yourself these questions and outline the details to uncover some of the possible roots which you may have embedded beneath you. The first part of this exercise is understanding your foundation based on your parents. You're going to firstly identify who your parents are, what values, morals, background they possess by answering these questions. Firstly, what background nationality are your parents? What cultural standard does this culture present? Even think about things like food. Yes, that may sound weird, but think about different eating styles, say Italian versus Chinese. One is heavily pizza, pasta, aka carb focused. The other is very saucy and stir fry style. And this is also going to contribute to what kind of food you tend to indulge in more than others and also identify some food habits. Or what about a very common parenting statement, which is you cannot leave until you're finished eating. This is a major one that can lead to overeating in adults as well as comments about not wasting food or a child's access to food. Believe it or not, it's been proven that children who have restricted access to food can grow up to have a tendency to overstock with food and be obsessive with food or have poor control with overindulging because they have become conditioned to being fearful of no food, so overconsumption in a habit of not eating again. Another question to ask yourself is what kind of parenting style did your parents have? Were they the same or were they different? Next, I want you to identify what were five key values, opinions, or beliefs that your parents had that you feel impacted how you think. For example, with myself, my dad had the strong belief of kids are kids, and you need to take on whatever it is your parents say. If dad says go to bed, you say goodnight and you just go. You don't say anything back. My mum, on the other hand, was a very independent woman. She had a very strong belief around, and I quote, if you want something done properly, you do it yourself. And well, you all wonder why I just do everything myself. Lastly, how would you describe your upbringing and childhood to yourself? By breaking down this perspective, it will highlight specifics like your relationships with your parents, your perspective of how you were treated, the emotional impact of your childhood patterns and behaviors, including things like traditional opinions on celebrations, attachment styles, self-image. Think about how your mum and dad spoke or viewed their body, or even how they spoke with you about self-image and finally family dynamics. These core areas will be your focus when reflecting on your story. Please remember for all exercises and tasks put into the podcast, I will release a resource to support you with this and have all of the questions and details outlined. These will be available on our Facebook community page, Life Changing Community. So don't forget to join the group so that you have access to these resources to support your journey. Now, as we grow older, we may also adopt the habits, beliefs, and thought patterns of others in our lives outside of our parents. This includes friends, mentors, or colleagues. This can be both positive and negative as we may pick up constructive behaviors and attitudes, but we may also unknowingly absorb limiting beliefs or harmful patterns. One way to understand the impact of these external influences is to think of ourselves as characters in a book, with each chapter representing a different environment or social setting. 
Depending on the chapter we are in, we may find ourselves acting differently, like a different character playing a different role in a story. My favourite analogy of this is of a tree. Our core values and authentic self serve as the roots that anchor us firmly in the ground. As we grow older and experience the world, we branch out into different environments, just like tree branches extend into different directions. Each branch represents a different role we play, and each environment represents a unique character in our lives. During the stages of our life, we interact with a diverse array of individuals, each who contribute to the growth and development of our personalities. As we absorb new experiences, habits, and beliefs, we may find ourselves aligning with certain groups or ideologies that shape our thoughts and actions. This process of external influence can be both enriching and limiting, depending on the quality of those influences. Self-awareness acts as the sunlight that nourishes our tree, allowing us to recognize the positive aspects we gain from various roles while shedding light on the potential harmful patterns we might adopt. Through self-reflection, we can distinguish which beliefs and habits resonate with our core values, helping us prune away the ones that hinder our growth. After all, if you start to pull away the tree from its roots, what happens? it dies. It's important to know that the process of self-discovery is not always linear or straightforward. As we embrace various roles, we may encounter challenges and conflicts within ourselves. Sometimes we may even face a crisis of identity, questioning who we truly are amidst the different personas we adopt. During these moments, it's crucial to practice self-compassion, acknowledging that such exploration is a natural part of our human development. It's important to remember that different roles can and will bring out different aspects of our personality and behavior. This doesn't mean we are being fake or inauthentic. It simply reflects the adaptability of human nature and highlights the significance of the different roles you play in your life's environments. But it is important to be aware because it can also turn to being fake and inauthentic if it's extreme and not natural and reoccurring. In addition to the influences from interactions that we discussed earlier, there are core events in our lives that too play a significant role in shaping our beliefs, values, and morals. In episode one, we identified five key points from your life. And today, in the second exercise, we are going to reflect on those events and explore the values, opinions, beliefs, and morals that could have been created or challenged during that time. For me, when reflecting back, a significant and hard-to-admit reality is surfaced, and that is the fact of why the turning point of my toxic relationships arose. Now, when being a little girl, I formed to seek approval, recognition, and male authority, and this belief led me to a very toxic and dangerous relationship with male partners, and it's essential to understand how and why this happened. During my childhood, I became accustomed to a strong tell me and I do authority, where I didn't question instructions because you don't talk back. This early conditioning combined with my mum's beliefs about gender roles in society and her own experiences with relationships, which was briefly discussed in episode two, contributed to the unconscious development of my belief system. I found myself lacking self-boundaries, self-respect, and assertiveness in any of my relationships, a trait that is common among many women. An example, 
when making decisions, how many women do you hear or are you one of these women who state, I'll just ask my husband first? Additionally, in households, we often hear statements like, wait until dad gets home, as the response to when children get in trouble. These seemingly harmless remarks inadvertently create an authority of male dominance, approval and significance, which can greatly influence young females and lead to perceptions of women having no authority, say or significance in a male-dominated context. While this may seem extreme, it's these pivotal moments that lay the foundation for beliefs. And as we progress through life, small events can further reinforce these beliefs, leading to their growth and impact on our actions and choices. One area that I often focus on with my coaching clients and which highlights the impact of such early experiences is that of self-image. As a coach, I've heard and supported numerous stories from women who struggle with self-image issues, and it's alarmingly common. Our increasing exposure to unrealistic body ideals on social media and society's expectations of what women should look like only exaggerates this problem. However, even before external factors come into play, there's a crucial starting point that can create a weak point for us. And that's our mother's perspective of body image and how she views herself. From a young age, children absorb and internalize their parents' beliefs, including those related to body image. How our mother talks about her body, how she expresses acceptance or dissatisfaction with her appearance, and how she discusses societal standards of beauty can significantly influence a child's self-worth and self-image. These subtle cues and conversations often become deeply ingrained in the child's mindset shaping their perception of their own bodies. For instance, if a mother frequently expresses dissatisfaction with her weight or appearance, a child might perceive that such imperfections are unacceptable and should be the focus of self-criticism. On the other hand, a mother who displays self-love and body acceptance can instill a sense of confidence and self-assurance in her child. So ask yourself, what was your mother's perspective of herself? Was she always talking about covering up, being fat, needing to diet, criticizing her body, shutting down compliments, or comparing herself? Or was she embracing her beauty? Did she compliment herself or take compliments? Was she positive about her image and body? Think about this in detail and think about how you now see yourself. Is there a correlation? Can you see a link between the languages, perspectives, and opinions? And if you are a mother, Think about how you talk about yourself. Think about what views your children are going to be developing based on the language you use when speaking about your body and yourself. Moreover, how parents talk about their children and their bodies also matters. If comments are made about being too skinny or too fat, it can lead to body image insecurities and unhealthy associations with food and exercise. Parents who emphasize health and well-being over appearance can foster a healthier self-image in their children. Now, when I was growing up, I wasn't a little girl. I was a bit bigger than most. But an influential person in my life made a comment when we were out shopping for pants. Now, I tried on a pair of pants and they were low cut. Anyway, when I came out of the change room, a comment was made that being the size that I am, I shouldn't wear those pants. I need to wear high pants to hide my belly. Only fitter girls wear stuff like that. 
Now, there wasn't meant to be negativity around this comment. It was coming from support, which I know now. But at the time, this comment ruined me. I loved what I had put on, and hearing that I needed to hide my body because of my shape really impacted the way I viewed myself, and it planted a seed, and when the bullying began, that grew, and it led to years of struggles with my body image, my self-talk, my confidence, and self-worth. And of course, it was not the cause, but as you can now start to see, the events, actions, comments, and environments can really impact and shape you. So what were your parents' or family's comments and languages towards you about your body? Self-image and confidence is going to be a whole complete episode, so please keep your notes from each episode as they will intertwine and will help you in uncovering all the contributing elements. Even notions of modesty or shame surrounding natural bodily functions can affect a child's perception of their body and what is deemed acceptable or embarrassing. Whether someone feels comfortable walking around the home naked or feels the need to hide such aspects of their body is often shaped by their early exposure to these ideas. Now, these questions can be shaped for other areas of life too, like maybe self-belief. Were your parents doubtful and negative when it came to doing something? What about financially? Were your parents' financial attributes and attitudes around the status of spend and enjoy or we need to save because money is valuable and times are tough. Because again, this could be why you struggle to save, for example, don't have a good record with choices around money, or could be why you are strict, great with budgeting, or maybe even obsessive with fears around spending. What about things like drinking? I have a great example of this one and it takes me back to an old friend. Now he loved a beer after work every single day. However, when he went out to say a birthday event, so on, he wouldn't drink. And one day I brought awareness to what I had observed and asked the question, you drink every day, but whenever it comes to an event, you don't drink and say you don't like it. But that doesn't make sense when you drink every day. And he looked at me like I just turned a light bulb on and responded with, I have no idea. He really was shocked at my observation. Anyway, we laughed it off. Fast forward a couple of weeks and ironically, I witnessed something yet again. His dad came home from work, went to the fridge, cracked open a beer and sat down. Guess who inherited a behavior from his dad? My friend. He didn't like drinking, had no real reason to drink, but yet every day would drink after work. And the reason he established his habit was a result of what he had witnessed his whole life. And when he started working, he too embedded this habit without even knowing why, illustrating how significantly and easily we can become conditioned to what we are exposed to. Another little education moment. I want to share with you a theory I have a lot of insight into whilst I was studying my Masters of Education and during my psychology studies, and that is the theory of conditioning. Now, two theorists contributed to this one theory. It was Ivan Pavlo, who focused more on classical conditioning, and the other one was B.F. Skinner, who focused on operant conditioning. Now, both of these theorists explain the human behavior. Classical conditioning explains that our behavior is a result of stimuli. Therefore, an automatic conditioned response is paired with a specific stimulus. This creates a behavior. 
I love explaining this by the most relatable way I can, and that is, have you ever had someone walk past you and you instantly respond to their smell of cologne or perfume and associate that with someone close to you? Or maybe the sound of a particular ringtone when you're out and instantly you respond to that emotion of getting a message or maybe a reminder. Well, this is evident of a stimulus providing a conditioned response. Now, operant conditioning is more focused on reinforcement and or punishment. So a stimulus leads to a behavior which then leads to either reinforcement or punishment. So as a child, we get a bad report card, we are punished. This then associates pain with this behavior and promotes the brain to avoid this behavior moving forward. You do well in your role and your manager provides you with a bonus or some form of praise and instantly you're now conditioned to keep doing well at this task in order to gain further praise. As you can see, conditioning can occur in our lives through various factors, such as our family environment, relationships, and experiences. As we grow up and interact with the world around us, we are constantly exposed to different stimuli that shape our beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes, which lead to the concept of pain and pleasure. And this concept is what I use when supporting my clients with achieving their goals. By associating pain with what they are currently doing or the habits they have, which are leading them to weight gain or unhealthy habits, and by replacing them with elements that create pleasure or feel more pleasurable, we are able to unlock a level of conditioning within our routines to help support the change you are looking to achieve. Now, I know all of this may seem extreme, but it's these pinnacle moments, facts, and reflections that are creating and starting the foundation, and then all it takes is the small events to occur along the way which then leads to these growing further and turning into valuable or detrimental beliefs, opinions, habits, values, and morals. So amongst all these chapters and roles, it's crucial to stay true to our core values and authentic self because we don't need the tree separating from its roots. And self-awareness is the compass that will guide you through life's diverse situations and help us remain true to our essence no matter the circumstances. Now, you might be wondering, how can I understand who I truly am amidst all these influences? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's this week's final exercise, and it's going to help you gain clarity on your identity and discern the authentic self from the external influences. This third exercise, you might like to redo again after this episode to really allow yourself space and time. But for now, I am going to guide you through this process so you can have a clear understanding. Firstly, you want to find a quiet and comfortable space where you won't be disturbed. Take a few deep breaths to center yourself and then close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. Begin by reflecting on your beliefs, thoughts and opinions. Asking yourself the question, do these beliefs resonate with my true self or have I adopted them from an external source? Now shift your focus to your values and morals. Consider where they come from and whether they align with your authentic self. Next, think about your habits and behaviors. Are they a reflection of who you truly want to be? Or have you picked them up from others in your life? As you delve deeper into this self-exploration, you may uncover aspects of yourself that you want to nurture and cultivate. Embrace the qualities that align with your authentic self and consider letting go of those that no longer serve you. Remember, 
Understanding who you are is an ongoing process. It requires self-compassion, curiosity, and willingness to grow and evolve. Understanding that we are multi-faced, adaptable beings, and viewing ourselves as characters in a book can provide valuable insights into the complexities of human nature. As we embrace these various roles, self-awareness becomes the compass that guides us towards authenticity and helps us stay true to our core values. By continuously exploring, learning, and surrounding ourselves with positive influences, we can ensure that who we are, who we are becoming, aligns with our internal purpose and mission, because this is where your truth is found. As we conclude this episode on self-discovery, I invite you to continue exploring your identity and learning more about yourself. The journey to self-awareness is a transformative one, and it can lead to a more authentic, fulfilling life. If this is something you are more interested in delving into and you'd like to go over more of this topic in detail, feel free to reach out to me directly. I would love to help and support you in uncovering your underlying roots and bringing more awareness to yourself. It can be a challenging and very confronting journey, and maybe you're not ready for it yet. So please come back to this episode and listen to it again, maybe in a few weeks, months, or longer to refresh your mind and bring back focus to the roots of who you are, because this understanding will change your life forever. Thank you for joining me this week in yet another evolutionary episode of self-discovery and growth. I hope you found value in this episode and can start to unlock your truths. Please share your feedback by leaving a review and remember to join our Facebook community for this week's exercises by searching Life-Changing Community on Facebook. Remember, if you're wanting to take your health to the next level, you need the right tools and support which is why I created the one-stop health app for everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. As a listener, you will get a lifetime discount on the Life-Changing Health app using the discount code EVOLUTION. So make sure you head to my Instagram for the link to download. Have the most amazing week. And until next time, keep embracing positive change. And as always, remember from Mon, keep on smiling. Thank you for tuning in to the life-changing evolution. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend or someone who could benefit from these life-changing tips. Your support means the world to me and I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and rate my podcast. This will help me reach more individuals and inspire them to lead a more fulfilling, healthy life. I invite you to continue the conversation, share your takeaways or discuss your personal experiences by connecting with me on Instagram. Send me a direct message at Monique underscore Life Changing Fitness. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for another episode next week. Until then, remember, keep on smiling.